Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for taking the time to be with us again. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. Technical support is provided by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 corporation. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning, and with us, we're happy to welcome back transportation consultant and publisher of The Dispatcher, Michael Senna. Great to see you, Michael. Great to be here. Great having you, Michael. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Fred. Well, diving into The Dispatcher, the lead article is headlined, the evolving business of powering our vehicles. You start out with oats for horses and yes. <laughs> you, you ask at the outset here, how will they make money setting up and operating electric charging stations? Really a fascinating historical as, as always and a very relevant eye-opening piece here. So will they make money? They're, they're not, you can see they're not rushing out there to, to build charging stations. It's a it's a difficult business. I don't know. I don't know how anybody is going to make money. The those who are engaging and and trying to put uh, charges out there are really trying to put them in the hands of people who will either deliver free electricity to battery electric vehicles or find some way of gaining some advantage by having the the uh, chargers. But um, you know if. If everybody who owns one of these cars, and most at this point in time, most people who do own the cars who have bought these expensive battery electric vehicles are homeowners, they are high income, they can afford to put a charger in the garage at, at, at their house. So anybody who's putting chargers out there and who's asking people to pay money for it is not only competing with other charging companies, with companies and, and businesses that are putting chargers in their parking lots uh, or in their, their uh, employee garages as a, as, an, uh, as a bonus for their customers or their, their employees, but they're competing with everybody who owns one. I mean, every, anyone who can charge their own car, who can put, put it in overnight, they've got low rates, they can fill their car up. Some cars take a couple of days. Most cars can be charged almost uh, within a, eight to 10 hour period. So it's, it's a it's a difficult business. And and the reason that I started with horses, you know, it's just trying to build, build up to a point where we had a, a business concept with oats. Then we had another business concept with with gasoline, petrol. Um, and now we've got the, the continuation of, of needing to to fill the car up with something that, with energy that it can be used or the vehicle or the, or the animal. Um, and it, but it's a completely different business concept. It's a completely different idea from horses and, and cars and trains. Got my, got my trains in there as well. Um, and so far as we're seeing that it's, it's not a, uh, it's not a slam dunk. It's not, it's not that easy to, uh, to run a business charging cars with right. I mean, it, it sort of looks like uh, it's a it's a lost leader uh, at, at best out there uh, again because uh, because uh, certainly um, uh, the, the the initial people are going to be doing it themselves uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, do yeah. i uh, t or do y yourself diy or whatever uh, home deep the pot calls it the, the, the darn thing yep. but they're going to be doing it to, for themselves and and certainly you point out that with oats and the horses you know you, you didn't have those folks out there growing the the, the 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 oats and so on and producing them you know for their horses and a little bit in some sense maybe for coal for railroads because you know certainly coal mines and the integration of all that and the movement of coal for export to the D and so on and the power plants, you know, there was a little bit of, of com combination. And maybe we can say also that with, uh, with gasoline, you know, these were repair shops, now, whether or not, you know, the, 
the you know the the gasoline dealer you know was using uh, was giving out cheap gas so that you go in there and have your oil changed i don't know mm. i mean one needed both businesses to make it a go but you you weren't able to fill up your car at home no uh, unless you probably unless you lived <laughs> Unless you lived in a farm. I mean, I had a, I was. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was in a family for a short period of time and they owned a, the family owned a. Uh, a um, they moved out of Basking Ridge into Far Hills, New Jersey. Yeah. You know, the homes of the Forbes. Yeah. yeah. And the, the farms, the farms there had a, had their own gas tank. So he, you know, he not only buy it, did he buy a farm, but he bought it, had his own gas tank. The gas, whenever they filled up in town, they'd come out and they'd fill up Mr. Kempfer's gas pump and uh, yeah some and of course that. Uh, that was an advantage because uh you could argue that that gas was going to be used off-road therefore you didn't have to pay the gas tax and therefore who knows maybe uh, every once in a while the uh, the ford f-150 or maybe at that time it was the ford f-149 or something like that uh, you know you sort of yeah. found its way to use that I, of course nobody ever did that but, but you know it's a tough business yes. and and you really point out this is this is going to be a really tough business right yeah i mean if if the if the the government wants to do this and elon musk was very clear in his on, on both of the uh, the bills that have been put forward to the to the congress uh, one passed the second one is still hung up in the senate I uh, said, you know, why should we be, why should the government be getting into this business? Why should the government be spending billions of taxpayers' dollars to promote and even build um, charging stations? This is something that the, the private sector should be doing. He's saying that because he did that. He, yeah, that he was only, the only way that he was going to get people to buy his cars initially was to, was to put up his own, uh, his, you know, put up his own gas tanks. Um, and, and then that yeah, was thanks. a brilliant concept by him. I guess mm -hmm. we all agree, or many of us agree, it was absolutely brilliant yeah. concept because, because of course, nobody else has put them out there and you don't have them. That whether or not you're going to use them, uh, nobody's going to buy your car because they're going to be afraid to run out, right? Yeah. Well, then that's the, situ the situation still exists. Although yeah. I think more and more people are realizing that, that, it's not really, I mean, in, when it comes down to it, it it's, there are so many other reasons not to buy a, a battery electric vehicle that have to do with, with more than just the, the, the fact that you're going to eventually going to run out of electricity someplace where you need it. Or it's just that you're not going to be able to go to places where there will never be an electric charging station. It just doesn't make any sense. So at the end of the article, what I, what I say is that, that at some point in time, there's going to be a light that's going to go on, fueled by electricity, um, in everybody's heads. And say, you know, <laughs> we really need a we need a different way of doing this. This this business of building charging stations that look like gas tanks and putting them in places where they had gas tanks, it just doesn't make any sense. It it's just so someone needs to come up with an idea. One of your brilliant. Princeton students needs to come up with a with a with an idea. You know, they do it at Stanford and MIT. That I think people at Princeton can do the same thing. Needs to come up with ouch. a, with a ouch. Yes. <laughs> ouch. Um, needs to come up with a with a good idea about how we can move cars in a in a better way. I've suggested one at the end. At the end, I, I in, know. At the end, at the, you know, at the end, at my, you want, my you want real, to jump to it now? real musing, I jump. I jump to it at the end. And why don't we just do what trees do? You know, they're the, they're the biggest. They're the best engines we've got. Yeah, but we I, we can wait. We can wait for that. Okay, okay. But a little bit of an aside, I, I do have to, you know, the people that are listening in, you did, uh, you sort of um, uh, shook my world when we chatted a, a few days ago about the whole Ukrainian thing. And, uh, and I guess, um, you know, I, I guess I'm so naive or whatever, uh, that, uh, that I thought uh, we were we were through um, you know doing geopolitical things based on oil and 
you kind of uh, uh, got me all kinds of thinking about that. You know, here we are, supposedly a, a net exporter of oil, and we're still being, you know, jerked around about oil. And, and a little bit how it, to me, it, it sort of plays out with respect to the charging stations of electricity. I mean, you know, anybody that's in 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 business who 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 is uh, subject to to uh, supply buying stuff always would like to have two opportunities, two vendors out there, two people, so that you know there's competition. Okay, and here we are now with cars. We've got to have oil. Then we're going to have electric vehicles. We've got to have electrons. I mean, maybe the, the best solution out here is, is you know, 50-50, you know, having, you know, some oil and some electrons. Because at some point when we get to the electron end, I mean, who's going to then control the whole geopolitical aspect of you know, the, the producers of the electrons uh, to, for these things. And is there going to be one entity out there? I mean, it's kind of amazing that, or are we going to have um, Edison and Westinghouse out there battling it out as to ACDC? I mean, we, we ended up with just one of those. Um, we, we've regulated the hell out of it. Um, but still, you know, so there's natural gas out there and so on and some other computer competitions in terms of energy sources. Um, what does that all look like in the future? I mean, Michael, well, we, or- we have discussed this and I've, I've written with a lot of help from, from a number of friends, but particularly, uh, Fred Dreyer. Who- right. Um, good friend of both of ours. Right? Yes. Well, he's become a good friend of, of, yeah. of mine. And that's thank you for the introduction. Yeah. No, um, I've known Fred for more than yeah. 50 years. <laughs> well, I mean, here's, here's a person who has very clear ideas of not just ideas, but I mean, developing these, these, these concepts uh, for all different kinds of applications. But um, you know, he said from the first conversation that we had that, as you said, focusing on one way of doing something and then forcing everything to move in that direction without really understanding all of the consequences. And one one major consequence, if you look at how everyone, every country generates their electricity, it's very, very different from country to country from Germany to Spain to Sweden to, to Great Britain. And even within the United States, you know, my old state, which is the cold state, soft in one end and hard on the other end, is now one of 50% of the, of the electricity is generated with, with uh, nuclear power, Pennsylvania. Right. I mean, coal shoots, everybody had a coal shoot and everybody used coal. So it's, it, it does not make sense for us to be forcing everything in a direction without understanding all of the implications. Now, Germany has finally come to the conclusion, it took, it took an invasion of the Ukraine to understand that no, it shouldn't be dependent on Russian gas for producing the energy that it needs. It shouldn't, be, it shouldn't have turned off its nuclear power plants. It shouldn't be building just building wind power over the entire country when, when you know, the largest portion of it, where much of the industry is, including the car companies, don't have, have said, we don't want all of these wind turbines here. It's not, it's not in our interest. So there's, there's been a mismatch between the environmental groups who've been pushing this, who have, who've come into governments or parts of governments, and now are understanding what the, what the geopolitical implications are when a country like a dictatorial country like like Russia can do what it's doing in the Ukraine and having it, the ramifications, not only in the, in Europe, all of Europe, but in the entire world. So yeah, someone's someone's going to someone's going to have to start. Wait, you know. 
what struck me about the whole thing is when I started looking at it, the basic number that at least, uh, you know, pre all this, pre-COVID, uh, 60% mm -hmm. of Russia's uh, foreign income comes from um, oil. Yeah. And that's when, when Brent sells for 40 bucks a barrel. Yeah. Brent selling yesterday, what, at 110? That means that's now maybe 120. Yeah. You know, that means that means that that 60 percent has gone up three X. If unless we figure out a way to have Russia not sell it. And then you, you look at some charts that were in the New York Times a few days ago, or you go to the uh, to the um, uh, energy uh, flow maps of, of Lawrence Livermore and you look at the, at Hungary totally dependent on them uh, uh poland totally dependent on russia uh eu the whole eu i, I don't know the numbers 25 percent or something like that i mean it's only france that's like 80 percent nuclear you know they, they, they can say hey you know this doesn't bother me because i'm you know I, my independence independence because i decided not to shut down my nuclear plants i mean i mean there's all this stuff going on in the background and yep. then and then there are some people that are making money off of this like you can't believe and maybe they're in texas maybe they're in oklahoma maybe they're in north dakota maybe they're in canada too besides i mean this is just ugly i mean uh, never mind so you're you're relating all of the uh the issues with with oil to the to what's happening in the Ukraine, the Russian invasion there. You know, that's I, that's their that's their motivation. I have no idea. I mean, I, I mean, it's crazy stuff. I mean, I thought we were done with this, uh, um, you know, in 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 you know, eighty years ago, seventy years ago. I mean, you know, darn thing looks like it's uh, September of. Uh, of 1938 i mean really we're still we're still behaving like this is a world we've not advanced what i mean this is goofy stuff i'm going to i'm not going to comment on this because yeah. I, I have very strong feelings about it i have i have my own theories my own ideas yeah. that i've always to separately but i'm not going to get into yeah. it on this on, yeah yeah this, no it's, it's this venue because yeah. it's yeah i'm just Back back to the battery electric vehicles, Michael. Yes. What are your what are your thoughts? Something we, easy, we, we, you know. We, we, <laughs> we talked about the 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 problem with charging stations, and you get into in the dispatcher some of the issues around uh, parking spaces, whether it's at a hotel or an office building or whatever. That somebody's got to stay there the whole day, even when they're done charging. They're not going to come yep. out overnight to move their car out of the charging spot. That's that's one issue. What about the idea that some, and and some vehicle makers I think are are pushing this swappable batteries? Mm -hmm. Yeah, is that well? That's that's an idea. I mean, it's it's if if you could go into some place and this started years yeah. ago. I, there was yeah. a there was a company and I can't remember the name yeah. of the company, but they they had this idea that you you know you go in there, you drop your battery. And you know, so it's all robots. You drop your battery, and the battery comes up. And but that all that whole concept just went out out the window when someone said, uh, "By the way, the battery is the entire car. You know, it's as big. It's as big as it's, it's as big trivial. as the car. So come on, you know, let's let's get real here. So if you could if you could compress everything that with all those uh, lith lithium ion batteries." connected together in the way that Tesla has now convinced everybody that they had to do it. You're not talking about, you know, one of these little guys, you know, that sits in, you know, it's not one of those anymore. So I don't know how you, I don't know how you replace the entire frame of the car, you know, the, the, so if someone can come up with a, with a really, you know, very small, and very dense and very highly capable battery that can go up and down, then I think it's a great, much better than sitting there for, you know, even if it's 20 minutes. Uh, I don't want to spend 20 minutes doing that. I mean, I want to go in, I want to fill my car up, and two minutes later, I want to get out of there. 
I mean, what kind of power density do you need for, you know, <laughs> like the battery that was in 55 Chevys, you know, to tune, to tune, you know, you just go to Sears and they put it in. I mean, but, but it'll take you four miles, you know, I mean, what the hell here? Everybody wants 500 miles. I mean, who, whatever. It's like crazy stuff, right? <laughs> you, you didn't mention the fact that there's a, there's a sidebar in the, in the article where I say why I, why I never bought another Ford. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Go did you, did you, did you get yeah, that I saw one? It. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. I bought, I bought a, an English Ford. And when I was living in Princeton, in, in, well, I was still in graduate school. I bought a, a new English Ford, which turned out to be a foreign car, which the Ford motor for the Ford dealer couldn't, couldn't do anything for. And after the first year, when the warranty ran out, my car stopped, started stopping. It didn't, the battery just died, you know, and, I, and I, for a year I had to park it on a hill so I could, you know, get the car, jumpstart this stupid car. It was, it was a nice car. I mean, for every other reason, it was a great car, but it's just it's, suddenly the battery would go dead. And, and, I, and so I got to be very good friends with the people at Sears that's a joke because they did they hated me because they saw me coming and i was coming in to get a new battery because the, the the warranty on their batteries were, weren't run out so i'd get a battery there and i'd go home and the battery would go dead and i'd you know try charging it and nothing would happen so i'd go back to sears put a new battery in and you know i did that for for a year and the people at ford said well we can't we can't do anything with your car it's a foreign car we don't have the tools for that you know go to foreign foreign car motors and of course in princeton there's lots of foreign cars my one of my best friends owned a lotus and somebody else owned a rover to fix I the had car for them to Healy look at it you had, had an austin healy that's right guess what the electrical system and that sucker oh my goodness i mean oh whatever so it would cost me as much for them to just look at the car so finally, I just put it on wheel on on cinder blocks in, in the garage in Far Hills, New Jersey. Went to London, came back a year later, sold the car to an MIT student, and that was the end of my Ford experience. Since then, no Ford. And by the way, back to what you said earlier, why not fifty-fifty? Yeah. Brittany and I just, my wife and I just just ordered a a hybrid, not a plug-in hybrid. Not a battery electric vehicle, but a real honest to goodness Toyota RAV4 hybrid. 50-50. You put the gas in, the electricity comes out. So, so it it's is, still the best solution. It is. Uh, so, so this is uh, just like the, um, the Chevy uh, uh, Volt. I don't know. I mean, in I other know. words, is it, it's a hybrid, is it, but it, it's, is it operating like a locomotive? No, it's but <laughs> I don't know. How do look? What do you mean? Does it operate like a locomotive? Well, the great thing about locomotives is that they burn diesel and they generate electricity. So, and then run electric motors. Otherwise, I mean, just can you see those yep. engineers up front going through like about 300 gear shifts to move 200 cars behind them through the gears yeah. to yeah. be able to? I mean, you know, the it um, runs like it's it's the same concept of 20 year old 20 years ago with the Ford with the Toyota Prius. It's a hybrid. Okay. Well, in the I want to be a car company category that yep. you have in here, <laughs> I love. Um, I guess we can, we can phrase it this way. Is the company that made the Walkman going to convince mm -hmm. you to get be into a Rideman? <laughs> you, hi you highlight Sony and their CES announcement that it's setting up a mobility unit to get into the electric car business. Yeah. Drive man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's the start of the article was here comes just another another company and is it is it what they're doing you know getting instead of trying to build all of this themselves which would take something like Tesla and for 15 years to get to a point of having a car no they're going to use a um, a, a supplier to provide them with a with their vehicle um, Magna is a well known supplier of of uh, uh, Manufacturer of cars, um, but what I 
the point is, like most of these, what I call wannabes, they want to be a car company. Um, you can put Apple, it, Apple in that basket. Apple, too, of so. course. I mean, all of these, all of these companies, could they potentially produce a vehicle that's that can go out on the road and drive around and you can actually drive the car? Yes. How, what percentage, and I've never been able to put a, a total on this, but what percentage of the total driving experience is that part of being able to get in the car, turn it on, drive it away? It's it, from my standpoint of having been a car owner for quite a number of years, it's a very small percentage. I expect that any car that I buy what I'd be able to to get in it, turn turn it on and and drive it away. It's all of the other things, the things that when when things go wrong, when I need to have something done, let's say a recall, for example, these companies and I've seen them, I've I've seen how they've they've approached these these problems and they don't even consider it until it's. Now we have to sell the car. Well, how do we sell it? Oh, we'll put it online and we solve all that problem. But, oh, well, it's different in Pennsylvania than it is in Massachusetts and, and also in Sweden versus here. All of these things that I've mentioned in this article, like, and, I, and I list them. Here, here are the things that all these companies need to consider. Here's where they've fallen down dramatically. And in the end, what I say is, would I, would I buy a, a, a Sony Driveman? Yeah, maybe eventually after they'd proven, after a number of years that they've proven that they can actually do all of these things. Would I buy it out of the box? Not, not, on, not on a bet. I wouldn't buy any of these cars from any of them, including Apple. Even though I, I have iPhones and I, you know, I've, as a company, I think it's, it's well organized. It runs things very well. But would I, why would I put myself in a position of having to be a, a test bunny for one of for one of for this company to show them that no that things aren't quite the way that they should be and you you're going to have to do things a bit, a bit better no I won't do that and I wouldn't certainly wouldn't recommend anybody to go out and buy any of these cars. But Michael, within, Michael, yes? you're you're an old guy. Okay. Um, I mean, well, what, my what readers about, don't know exactly the, how old about, I am. But what about what about the the eighteen to twenty five year olds of the ones that have Apple watches and Apple da da dos and da da das da 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 yeah. Okay. You know, okay. I, let I mean, me. I'm going to go. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me go yeah. back to where what I said before. Yeah. When I bought the Ford Cortina, I was yeah. one of those guys. Oh. <laughs> Really? I, I was I was one of well this is yeah, this no, is a great car. Were. Yeah. Right. So you know, you can make the same mistakes I made, but yeah. that's why I'm I'm writing here and most of the people who are I mean, all of the people who are reading the dispatcher as far as I know are are not 18 to 25 year olds. Yeah. But they've got fathers who are reading it and the father can say, you know, this is really a stupid idea. Don't 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 get yourself in that position because I'm only going to have to bail you out. Okay, but I'm going to have to help you. Tell you. What did you tell your father when you bought that Ford? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah, that's that, exactly. That, that, in fact, my, my father, my father gave up after the first two Volkswagens. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know what he did? With besides, besides paying for the, they paid for the for the the Volkswagen engine that blew out after the trips that I was making to to Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. up and down the the hills on the on the turnpike, <laughs> so the the engine the engine blew. But my father, the first thing he did when I bought the car, he gave me a, a membership to AAA, which is where the how, where the batteries got in. You know, every time I needed a problem, they came out and they had that's that was. I mean, he he knew he knew exactly what what was going to happen, but. Um, you know, kids do what they what they have to do. I know, but not, now I guess they're all just getting lime scooters or something like that, or who knows? Maybe they'll do electric bikes, uh, who, I, or some. Uh, never mind. Anyway, yep. in the in the dispatch central section, Michael, mm -hmm. uh, you take us into a little time machine here, revisiting a book you wrote fifteen years ago, "Beating Traffic: Time to Get yeah. Unstuck." And uh, you suggested. Yeah. You suggested yeah, well, then try working from home as much as possible. I did. 
Yeah, I did. But that was that was unfair because I mean, when I started my own business back in 1996, I was still working for Volvo. But then and then I went back to my own business. But and my office was in my home. So um, I spent most of my time with clients traveling around the world. But when I was when I was home, I was home. I mean, I was in my office at home. So it was a little bit, you know, I can do this, but I'm not going to tell you I'm doing this. And it was terrific because every day for four years, I had to drive into to Gothenburg and, you know, I just kept leaving earlier and earlier and earlier, even though the traffic wasn't that bad. Um, so the idea that, that if you can just, instead of five days a week, do it four days a week, maybe three days a week. This was my recommendation back then. So I revisited it because for the last two years, many people have been doing exactly that. They've been working from home. They haven't make, been making the commute. And now, now we really can look at and see what's the experience? What is it? Did it, did it work? Is it, is it working? Well, it doesn't and can't for all people. Not everybody is, not everyone is essential. So the essential people had to be at work. They had to make that trip. They had to you know, continue doing the sacrifices. But there are enough of us who are unessential, who can work from home. And gee, it really has made a difference. It made, it's made a difference in people's lives. It's made a difference in the way, way they're thinking about where they, where they would live and how they would live. Uh, so the the uh, the numbers are coming in, and you know we'll see how this works if if it continues or if people and businesses say, well, we really do want you here, and it, you know that whole business with pandemic and used working at home. But um, you know if you can if you've got twenty percent of the people in the New York City area, just twenty percent of the people in the New York City area or the London area working from home, you can eliminate all of the of the eventual uh, congestion charges that New York will charge and the ones that, that London are charging, because if your real objective was to reduce travel and reduce congestion, people working from home have already done it. You've They've done, done it, it for you. Done. So take, right. a, take away all those tolls, all the costs associated with it, let everybody do what they should be doing, which is using the, the roads that, that they paid for for free. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I think, I think, um, um, you're uh, you're correct there because uh, you know if you look at the typical you know congestion curves um you know they go up as the fourth power of uh, of um, of volume to capacity sort of things you know so you don't have to bring down the number of 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 entities you have out there very much to basically just get away from this damn really uh tight uh, congestion curve as you uh, approach capacity so you re you reduce the number of people that uh, that travel every day you essentially uh, you know there's uh, there goes there goes the congestion and um, and so you know that's a real piece of it the other piece i think or at least what, what discussed with my students is that uh is that you know the stock market really did really well until the goofiness of whatever and um, and i think it's because the numbers that came in by the the companies that basically have people that deal with information or deal or either on the phone or on the keyboard uh, most of the day those folks stayed home and probably because those companies did so well, apparently, if you if you if, if the market isn't completely manipulated, their efficiency must have gone up. The, sure. the labor input required to put a certain to get a certain amount of output uh, was reduced, which you know that differential money just goes straight to the bottom line in terms of profits and, 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 they, and, so and they've all, learned they've learned that they can reduce real estate costs in many and many and then and then there's some real estate costs again they may have paid it anyway or who knows that may not be but you know in in in, in most in many corporations it's you know it's it's the labor costs that's the big element and that's where you need the productivity and and so on and so forth and and I think they found it to be to be more productive, and the people maybe maybe more 
you know, well, of course, did more, uh, output more for the amount of input that was put into them. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, to me, I think, and just, you know, again, just trying to open my eyes as to what I can see for, for when I read is that, you know, people, instead of, you know, sort of devoting, uh, you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or something for working with uh, two ends out there, um, you know, for commuting and total waste, you know, whatever amount of time you're on New Jersey Transit or Metro North or or the Long Island Railroad or all those things to go to, to like I say, Goldmine Sachs on, on Wall Street. I mean, my goodness, uh, uh, you know, those folks instead of seven to seven, they were probably available 6.30 to nine, did some other things in between and ended up putting in, you know, much better and more efficient time, you know, throughout the day and probably were happier campers if you could possibly shed all the other crap, I'll say, you know, associated with COVID. All of a sudden, you know, this opportunity to work at home, the the opportunity one has to Zoom. I know that the number of times we've been able to interact because we have Zoom. I mean, oh, my Mm -hmm. goodness. I mean, what what a wonderful innovation that's that's come to us it's not as nice as as being with you personally both fred and 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 michael but you know how often do we have a chance you know uh uh, fred's down in central you know number of miles away i'm in princeton you're in sweden you know we do this and it's it's almost like being in the room together it it isn't love to be in the room with you but I think that's what they, all these companies have found. My goodness, we, we don't have to bring it. We don't have to make them suffer through that commute. I mean, that is just. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say one thing here before we move to what what the reason for writing this article yeah. at this time was to say there are solutions to problems that are not necessarily the most obvious. Right. So when I wrote the book, I was looking at how do you, as, a, as an individual, how do you beat traffic? Because you're the, you are both the problem and the solution. Right. What can you do to remove yourself from being, being the victim of, of traffic congestion and by doing so help other people who are also victims of traffic congestion? But this identifies that there are, there are solutions to problems, but we have to think about what exactly is the problem. If, if the reason we put on congestion charging is not to reduce tra- traffic congestion, it's to make money, it's to earn money, which is what, what Stockholm, what Gothenburg is doing in order to be able to get money to build, a, to build another tunnel under the, under the river. That's what they're using the money for. I don't know what London is using it for, what Stockholm is using it for. But if, the, if you're saying we really want to do this because we want to reduce congestion, understand first what the problem is that you're trying to, to solve. You know, is it, is it a problem for everybody or is it a problem just for you as the, as the administration? And then look at different solutions. And traffic congestion isn't solved by congestion charging. We've, we see that, we know that, because they just keep raising the rates. What it does, what, what congestion charging does, is it takes money from, the poor, from poorer people and it opens the roads for richer people because they can afford that whatever the toll is, they can, they can afford it because poorer people can't. And that, that's also part of what we're doing with, with, uh, in, in Trenton, looking at solutions that inhibit transport, trans, transportation, there, there are no congestion charges in Trenton, but there are other kinds of charges. So yeah, uh, I mean, you, you, I'll get off yeah. the um, absolutely, you know, you, you, you look at these things, that's absolutely the case. Have I done you it? No, you're, you're, you're really what, what you're doing there is, is um, it's, it's, it's not even that the rich can afford it. The rich can write it off. They have somebody paying for it. They're using other people's money to do it. I mean, that's, and you go, whoa, okay. Many of them are doing that. And of course, the poor who, who maybe need to go to work because they need to go dig a ditch. And if you, if you need to dig a ditch, you got to go to where you 
dig the ditch. You know, you can't just do it on your keyboard. All right. Uh, and and my goodness, you know, anyway, you, you said it perfectly. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yes. <laughs> we'll be back with more, but this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, look for the white paper. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. You'll find it under the Insights and News tab. Some great information there that can help you make informed decisions about investing. ETFs, you probably know, can be a smart way to spread risk with investments. Maybe focus on a particular category of stocks. The website, again, is MOTOETF.com. We're back with more of Smart Driving Cars and our guest, Michael Senna. Michael, in the March Dispatcher, I want to turn to the section uh, of, of your musings here because you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier about uh, us emulating trees, I suppose, in, 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 in powering our vehicles and, and homes, perhaps. T tell us about it. Well, this, it's like I said earlier, that there are, there are, there are, there's not one solution to, to a problem. Identify what the problem is, and then let's look for, for different solutions. This one is really amusing. It, it's amusing. It's amusing, as in, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and it's, it's also meant to be a bit funny. But um, trees are extremely efficient at, and even though they're not able to move, they're standing and sitting in one place for their entire lives, we don't, they don't get up like, like the ants in, in, uh, in Tolkien's, Tolkien stories, um, but they're able to feed themselves and grow really big and strong using photosynthesis. Um, now, is it possible for us to think about eating the, the carbon dioxide that's in the environment, using that to drive our vehicles? Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but it's not all that unthinkable. There are people who are actually working on this concept. And that's what I pointed out in the article. Uh, some people are calling them crazy. They're saying, you know, it's like the hydrogen thing. It's, it's just around the corner, except the corner keeps getting further and further away. <laughs> um, but, you know, what, what if we could actually do two things? I don't want to say kill two birds with one stone, but, but if we could kill two birds with one stone, um, take the carbon dioxide out of the out of the atmosphere and use it to power power our vehicles. You know, if if we had more trees, if we fill the entire surface of the earth with trees, maybe we could do a better job of pulling more of the carbon dioxide that we've put up there f f during the last 150 years. Because that's the bad stuff. It's not it's not stuff that's coming out of my car right now. It's the stuff that we put up in the atmosphere 150 years ago in the Industrial Revolution. We, we forget that that it's like Oh no! Every car that's you now every problem is the car that's there on the road today. Well, it's not. Um, so uh, I, it's a thought. It's it's just uh, it's amusing for others to think that well, maybe we can maybe we can do something here. Again, but back to one of your students, Ellen. <laughs> yeah, you and know. and you do point out that when you compare, you know, using uh, our. Um, uh, our petroleum sources uh, that requires one set of uh, of propulsion uh, motor. Uh, if we switch to electricity, we need a different motor. Um, and you do point out in there that if we do this, we're probably going to do need a different motor. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes. and I guess you know the 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 Thomas Edison's or whatever, whoever developed the motor, you know, haven't shown up yet. It's no. not an auto cycle, probably not. It's not auto or, you know, one of those guys. It, it's, it's, hey, maybe one of my students. I, hey, I want 10%. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I tell them all, you know, when they think of stuff, I say, hey, I want 10%. <laughs> Oh, we have a couple of other headlines sure. to, to get to. Uh, Ford splitting into two auto businesses, one for electric cars, one for combustion ones. Uh, the electric unit is going to be called Ford Model E. Um, it stopped Tesla from using that name. They wanted to call the Model 3 the Model E, and Ford stopped them from being able to do that. 
But what do you think of the idea of them? Well, I think I think it's a great idea. Why don't they create three, you know, those two plus driverless, you know, and come to Trenton and let's uh, let's uh, actually provide some good mobility for um, for everybody. Uh, I think I'm I, I call for three. On that note, the New Jersey Department of Transportation has received something like 20 responses to the RFEI request for expressions of interest for Trenton Moves, which we've been talking about for many months now. Yeah, and spent, I guess, much of last year sort of preparing for it with the with the fourth summit that we did over what was that 16 weeks or something on zoom did we really do that i guess we did do yeah, we did. that yeah. <laughs> and so we're looking to to have a fifth one to, to continue the whole process but uh, but from whatever perspective i have um, i think that's uh, i think new jersey dot got a, got a nice return of of, of things uh, you know it is a request for um expression of interest yeah and so whatever anybody submits to those kinds of things becomes public information and of course you know new jersey dot has made it public that's i think under full disclosure that is um for some it's a way for them to basically uh, 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 let everybody know how good they are and what they can do uh, and for others who maybe uh, are also pretty darn good, um, they may wish to, to not submit to this kind of thing because they, you know, there's intellectual property involved and so on, uh, and they would prefer not to have that just become public, I guess. I mean, you know, and so... Um, um, Moving forward, I think uh, I think there was a lot. There's a lot of good information uh, that was that was uh, that was put out there. There's good expression of, of interest, at least by by some. Um, I think the you know it's been my perspective that the Trenton moves is very different than what most people have been talking about with respect to uh, to driverless vehicles. The uh, the the uh, the equity piece is absolutely key. Of course, safety is absolutely key, and um, and uh, to be affordable, uh, I, I I listen to Michael and say, hey, we should look at all ways to be, become affordable. But if I look at uh, what some of the, what it takes to provide equitable, high quality mobility. Um, um, if you have to, <clears throat> if you have to have a, a human in there to, to provide it, uh, humans are expensive unless you get them to work for free and, and whatever. And, you know, who wants to do that? Everybody deserves to, to be properly compensated for their contributions, uh, uh to the labor force. Um, but if you start properly, comp, uh, uh, compensating people to do these things it's tough to make them affordable i mean if 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 it was easy to do that it would have been done you know 100 years ago you know we'd have you know equitable high quality mobility for everybody you know for 100 years in some sense we we have been able to do that for those who both have the capability and uh, the uh, the money in their pocket uh, to buy a car and they do it for themselves, uh, you know, <clears throat> and we know that when people do things for yourself, you, you don't charge yourself. Uh, so, you know, the driver is free. In fact, everybody that, that tries the Madison Avenue and the, and the Mad Men who have been selling these things to us that got uh, Michael to buy his Ford, um, you know, <clears throat> um yeah, I said, oh my time. goodness uh, <laughs> you know look at look at how great this thing is and michael looked at the you know how much it was going to cost him and so on and how much money he had in the pocket and when he did when he did you know the cost benefit analysis i i don't believe he said hey my time is worth i should be getting paid to drive this sucker no, i don't think that went into the equation and so you know whew, all of a sudden michael worked for free 
but he was going to get so much entertainment out of uh, changing batteries in that car that my goodness, uh, free's great. Uh, you know, I don't need to be paid. I get the entertainment of changing batteries. Exactly. Um, but but if you're really providing mobility for somebody else, uh, you know that's that's tough. So so to me, that's that's what's the great opportunity of the of all this, all this technology that supposedly is going to not get uh, get a computer, you know, to do it. Uh, you know, probably one like this may end up being even cheaper than this guy because it's expensive, but you know, whatever to do it. Well, we're going to be talking much more about this at the, at the upcoming summit, which is now, it now looks like that's going to be taking place in early June of a number of factors that uh, right i mean you know we've jesus we're not able to take our masks off in princeton until march 14 okay when when all the children come back from 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 spring break i mean princeton's calendar has changed we move for some reason we moved it up the poor kids are, are gonna go i guess friday tomorrow they head down to fort lauderdale just seems to be early for fort lauderdale i hope the water's <laughs> But whatever, uh, or do, do I? Maybe they don't go to Fort Lauderdale anymore. It, Michael, did you go to Fort Lauderdale in, in the spring? Never. I, I, <laughs> Never. I didn't either. Never. I couldn't afford Never. it. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't afford it. No. So I, I mean, maybe it. some other people did, but I couldn't afford it. But no. you know, that was that was sort of, I guess, uh, the dream. Um, so you know, they do that. The spring break is coming is next week, but when they come back on campus and. Uh, just from the dean of the college yesterday, got the email that that, that um, masks are optional. Oh my goodness! I sent her back. Thank you. Yay! Um, I don't know. That's just my view of masks. Well, instead of I'm Fort sorry. Lauderdale, how about Pennsylvania, Alan? Another headline here. <laughs> yeah, Pennsylvania's first automated shuttle is coming to the Philadelphia Navy Yard. Uh, be built by I think it's Perone Robotics or a company yeah. there. You have that in the newsletter. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, to me, the key of all of this is that at some point we have to get driverless, because because unless um, unless we can pull the driver, then what's the automation in there for in the first? I don't know. Uh, but th this doesn't talk about that. It talks, you know, it's it's as if the aspiration is is the is the um i don't know the the clickbait or whatever of driverless uh, no it should be high quality mobility that's affordable so so when the money runs out from the whoever's you know promoting it in the first place it, it can stand on its own and it's a business that can continue on and and you can continue to serve lemonade at your lemonade stand as opposed to it being, you know, some somebody having to go, you know, as I like to say, alms for the poor for this. I, you know, um, we in in some sense, um, you know, some of the the, the, the so-called public transit should be the public should be an equitable thing. Everybody has access to it. It's for everybody. It doesn't mean that somebody else pays for it, okay? I, I don't think, it's, to me, it's the wrong connotation of the word public. Uh, Michael, any thoughts here? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm behind the eight ball on this, at the thing in Philadelphia. What exactly, what is the? Um, it, it's, it's, it's something to go from a, it's a last mile thing from a transit stop on Scepter or something to the Philadelphia Naval Yard to, to I get, go back and forth. And it's, you know, good mobility and so on. And, and who, uh, who is, the, the, who's, who's using it? Who's actually going to be using it? Um, I think if you read, uh, and, and again, uh, you know, <laughs> It looks like it's an alternative to the way people get back and forth between those things now. And what, okay. what, how do they get back and forth? They like walk or they uh, or there's uh, another or, bus or there might use? be a, there might be another shuttle or there might be okay. or they might or they might not even use uh, the transit system and they're using their cars. And somebody thinks that now they'll use SEPTA to go there or I'm not sure what the demand yeah. is. It, it, it's 
you know, it's like many of these things out there that that is that is a demonstration of a of a of a technology. And you know, I don't I don't mean mean to be pejorative, but it's almost like a you know a sideshow, a carnival act. A, mm. uh, yeah. You know, as opposed to mobility, my goodness, it allows me to get there easier, better, you know, and and I think in the end, cheaper. The the the, the price is really important, and but, 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 but the not, price has to be sustainable. And if yeah. the price requires all of us to continue to subsidize it and continue to go to Washington or go to Trenton or go to Harrisburg and whatever and get money for these things or go to City Hall in Philadelphia, you know, that, to me, the, the, the whole the, the, the challenge with public transportation, it, it, it just seems like it should be so good that, in fact, People want to use it and reach into their pockets as best they can to use it and be so darn inexpensive that they don't have to reach deeply in their pocket to get a lot of value mm-hmm. yeah. and, 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 and be able to do that without without all this subsidy thing that's out there. And, and of course, then, then it's, it's all about generating subsidies as opposed to providing high quality mobility afford that's affordable from the get-go from the production end of the thing so the point is you start with what is the problem that you're trying to address what are the possible solutions and what are the alternatives that can meet the objective solve the problem that you're trying to solve and if 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 all you're doing is putting a something in there to demonstrate that you can have something that that can drive along without somebody actually steering the thing why why, you know why put it into a position where it's affecting people's lives i I need to get to work i know i'm not going to be part of a demonstration i don't want to be part of a demonstration i just want to get to work if it's going to help me do that do it if it's not it's just as you said it's a sideshow but you know, take a sideshow someplace like Las Vegas, where people go to have to be parts of sideshows. But don't, don't do it in the Philadelphia Naval Yards. I, I mean, I, I I think it's silly. Maybe that's why I didn't. I probably saw something come by me. You know, yeah, and, driver, and, driverless yeah. in Philadelphia Naval Yards. It just went. No, but just but went they didn't right talk about. They didn't do driverless. They did, the word driverless never. Oh appears in anything I see, I saw in this, and none of the objectives, it's about, it's about automation. Yeah, well, uh, they use the term, they use the term (laughs) autonomous to be synonymous with, there's nobody behind a steering wheel. And we know, we know that that's not true. We know, we know that's a misuse of terms. I went, I mean, the the last uh, e-letter, I think probably everybody decided that actually send me to spam absolutely because i just went i i I went over the edge on this thing with reuters going out there and just you know basically using words that imply something that should imply something that are not part of the darn thing you know and just to be able to get people to oh i think maybe i'll read this Okay, or something. I don't know what their objective is, and 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 this is Reuters. Come on, I mean, you know, use, you know, at least or go to Webster's, get it, get them to define this darn thing, and and if it is level four, and it's SAE level four, SAE level four says. There's no driver. There's no attendant. The darn thing works. It's safe. Nobody needs to jump in there. There are no 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 disengagements. People should trust it. It's like an elevator. You know. Again, I always yeah. jump in with that. Okay. And but, it's, but in that case, what you're talking about is it's driverless, but it's only driverless in a certain area. The operational design domain is is defined. If you have a completely driverless car that goes everywhere that my car goes today, everywhere that my car goes today, including off-road, but all right, let's just say it's just on any road, 
then that's completely driverless. So you have yeah. driverless that, go, that only works in certain areas and driverless that works everywhere. And, and then, right now, then, then, then there's, there's non-driverless in which there's some sort of automation stuff in there, but you got to have somebody in there. Oh, I got I, I, I to be paid because oh, darn thing doesn't work. Yeah. So it's a question people call autonomous cars and they use the term for everything when they should be doing something else. So to answer your question, from from my perspective, I think it's a waste of people's time and money, but it's the people who are using it that that are getting their time wasted. I've seen so many of these these demonstrations and I've been on them. I mean, I've I've been on those little things that are are moving around at five five kilometers an hour. Uh, There's really, it's like pointless. There's just no reason for doing this, I think. I think, you know, we can do some of this and we can call them, you know, tests, we can call them demonstration, we can call them, you know, PhD dissertations, we can call them, you know, we're trying to learn, that's fine. Okay. Uh, but, but don't, don't give the impression all of a sudden we have a mobility system that, that now some people can, can count on is going to be available to them and, uh, you know, over some future yeah. that, 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 that in fact, you know, uh, you know, nobody's implying that. You know, the money's going to run out. Guess what? It's going to close down. Well, finally, Alan, one, one, one more story to get to uh, from the newsletter. It's a little story headlined, AUVSI Gender Neutral Rebrand Ditches Unmanned. Unmanned is being replaced by Uncrewed by the Association for Unmanned Vehicle Systems International. And well, I it's can not going to be called um, uncrewed. uncrewed vehicle. I, I mean, um, I am thrilled that they are doing it. I have been, um, you know, in some sense, um, um, campaigning for this for I don't know how many years um, uh, or, you know, I didn't campaign for for uncrewed. I just campaigned for it. I mean, how can you be in, 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 at this day and age in something that you call unmanned, you know, it's and, and be and, and sort of have that as your name is the holy macro, you know, uh, this is as good as a man could do it. I, I mean, it, to me, I don't know. It just it it just bothered the heck out of me, and unfortunately, you know, I was I was um, I probably misbehaved in in the way that I it, it just for at least to me just never sounded good. I mean, what what we would all like to be is you know you know at least gender neutral or you know at least. In, is somewhat embracing to me it, it just sounded derogatory I, I, and i couldn't imagine uh, you know a female you know going and, and being proud to be in the unmanned vehicle business you know just it just i don't know just sound i i don't know for to me and 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 that's i guess because i'm just weird okay but i am elated that they changed the name, whether, you know, I like on, on crude, you know, as I suggest in the e-letter, we better say (laughs) uncrewed vehicle systems, you know, a thousand or a million times so that it sort of, you know, we forget about. We have to specify how we're spelling crude, don't we? (laughs) Oh, geez. I didn't even think of that. Oh, Fred. Oh, no, I'm not. We could say that's one small step for crude. uh, Oh no, yeah. Fred! Fred, one, I, giant, <laughs> one giant leap for person kind. I, I I don't know. You know, it, it it's tough. It's it's tough, but you know, to me, you know, and it comes out of I guess I guess the the um, um, the fighter pilot, you know, business or something like that or whatever. Because of course, uh, uh, this. You know, this association was mostly dealing with with drones, uh, and you know, and now we're not going to have you know the the whatever Tom Cruise flying who knows what you know. And I I don't know. I, I, again, I'm sorry, audience. I you know I'm just weird on this one. This, this but I am elated that they've done that, and I and. Uh, 
at least making a step here because it just it just seemed that to me this this was a you know a title that it that in my mind and my mind is weird seemed to exclude women it, to me it just sounded like you know get out of here go back in the kitchen but that's me well we michael we want to thank you once again for spending time with us really terrific we appreciate uh, all of your thoughts and the dispatcher we encourage people to to go find it at michaellsena.com thank you michael thank you great to be here michael it's always fun and and thank you and again a, a great issue and and I, hey i don't know how you find the time to do do that i mean it is it is really good and and i learned so much and there are some things that we didn't even get a chance to talk about new cameras oh my goodness i mean yeah. i really want to yeah. do those and uh, and so please uh, yeah. everybody take a look thank you to our sponsor the smart etfs smart transportation and technology etf the ticker symbol for the etf is moto and more info is available at motoetf.com technical support is provided by carts the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 corporation. Find us at smartdrivingcar.com, wherever you turn to for podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker. You can get your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching, and please continue to stay safe. Everybody have a great day.